Before we begin today's episode, our thoughts go out to the passengers and families of the repatriation flight IX-1344 that crashed off the runway in Kerala, leaving 18 dead and several others injured. As you'll hear on this episode, post the struggles of COVID-19, getting a flight back home has been a struggle for most, and that makes all of this that much more difficult. From Amaya Media, you're listening to CSR of One. I'm Courtney Brandt. We've heard about a number of different groups this season, but on our season finale today, we're going to focus on the efforts of one person and how that one person can make an impact. David Tusing first entered my orbit in May when I saw his work with various underprivileged groups in the community. As the lockdowns eased in Dubai and we were restarting our work for this season, David was helping hundreds of people who were trying to get on a flight back home and has continued to do so. I was impressed with everything David was able to accomplish, and in such a short time. From all the last-minute issues to overcome, to using social media to connect people from across the city. To be honest, I'm not even sure how I got here. But then, um, back in February, right before the lockdowns began, I was made redundant. Uh, After 15 years being in the UAE, um, I've never been made redundant uh, ever. And it's a it's a shock to your system. It was yes. it was a bit of a it was it was quite a shock. I I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to process it. I read a lot of articles, cried a lot of times, um, and then the lockdowns began. And one day, somebody tweeted me saying, "Hey, um, I'd like to go home. You're a journalist. Uh, do you know how you can help me?" So I said sure, and I tweeted the Indian embassy. He was, he was that person was from India, mm-hmm. and perhaps because I was a journalist and my I have a verified account, the Indian consulate immediately replied to me, and within minutes I had responses after responses, hundreds of them of just desperate people wanting to go back home. They were stranded here in the UAE. They've lost their jobs. And uh, that really spurred me on, and I just read the messages. I was deeply affected by it, and I said, I need to do something. I'm just sitting here at home watching Netflix. Might as well do something with my time, and that's that's how it all started, really. And I think I, the, this is the piece I don't see, which is... I was watching Netflix at home. I see people in need. I didn't do what you did. Um, did you Did you have a community of friends? Like, how did it... I assume it grew very organically. Um, so the first step was uh, recognizing the problem. These people need to get home. They don't have the means to do that. The next step for you was signal blast, reaching out to the embassy, kind of walk us through maybe, because I think people are listening. I want them to hear. These are the steps. Like, you didn't have a roadmap you didn't know this was going to happen you just kind of like did it and then maybe get us to your ultimate success yeah so once i um started getting involved on twitter um we i created a whatsapp group um and requested people who wanted to go back to india for me it was not just um anywhere in india um i realized very quickly that a lot of the indian cities for instance kerala um, I mean, I don't want to minimize anyone's suffering, but I know that a lot of them were taken care of because of the um, the number of Keralites here in the UAE. There were certain social organizations that were taking care of them. And because I am from Northeast India, um, from a state called Manipur, um, 
I realized that there were a lot of people from the northeast region of India that were also stuck. And because there are no commercial flights to the northeast, if people had to go back to India through the repatriation flights that the Indian embassy was organizing, they'd had to go. Our closest airport was Kolkata, which is another 45 minute flight. And because the government mandated that everyone who lands in Kolkata needs to spend seven days in, mm-hmm. in quarantine. And other expense. At their expense. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was not practical for many of them because they'd lost their jobs. They'd spent all the money that they had. Uh, so we, we created a WhatsApp group and within days the number grew. And because the Northeast India has a number of um, tribes, very soon the the leaders of those different tribes got in touch with me and that's how the whatsapp group started at the time you were doing this in april we can't leave our house there's no no one can go anywhere they're stuck where they are you're stuck where you are so you're using technology to literally bring people together absolutely i mean the team leaders that have helped me through all of this we only met last week after we repatriated two two flights to the northeast so yes absolutely technology that is uh, crazy. So you've done two flights, two flights so far, which uh, yeah. is and and talk to me about the kind of financial aspect of this. I've seen, um, you know, obviously it can't, it's not for free to charter a jet. Um, have you worked with partners in the community? How do you kind of have that piece come together? So um, initially, it was only Air India that was allowed to fly pass- uh, rip, uh, stranded passengers back to India. Mm-hmm. But after a month, the government opened up the charter chartering of planes uh, to to private operators. This is when travel agencies started getting involved, and um, through our network, we got in touch with a travel agency called Satguru Travel and Tourism. I mean, for them, it's it's a business at the end of the day, but they were so helpful in uh, processing the papers doing the right, uh, I mean, filling the right forms because we didn't have the means or the know-how to do it. Um, And so they they picked the flights Mm -hmm. and all we had to do as a community or as a group was get the numbers. Mm -hmm. And once we got the numbers, I mean, our first flight was a bit of a struggle because, as I said, there were a lot of people... And how do you make that choice? And and everyone's story is you know insurmountable, so, and they all have families. And, yeah. yeah. So the f- uh, for the first flight, um, it was it was a big deal in the sense that uh, because a lot of them had lost their jobs, uh, don't no longer have money to go home, no longer have money to to even stay here. We had to pull in our own uh, money, um, ask friends. And somehow we made we made that flight. I mean, obviously Sadhguru also brought in their own passengers to it. It was an, it was an all 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 gotcha. from our group. Yep. Um, for the second flight, it was fairly easier because I I mean, as a journalist, I know the power of the media. Mm-hmm. So as soon as our first flight was done on July third, we wrote as many stories as we could uh, to try and get as as much exposure as we can. So from there, we had sponsors coming in, people saying, hey, I read the story and I'd like to help. And uh, the second flight was fairly easy than, than the first one. Okay, so these people, um, they can't afford it. Somebody else stepped up from the community and made that happen. Absolutely. Um, are you working towards a third flight? We are already, okay. we've already 
started our Google Sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Repatriation Tree. Okay. Um, <laughs> we have 38 names so far. Out of that, about 25 cannot afford their flights back home. So we are looking for sponsors. We already have a number of uh, people who are interested in sponsoring. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we are. our next mission is set. Okay. And yeah. how, if someone was listening and wanted to pay for a ticket, maybe I think tickets, uh, the cost of a ticket is 1500 1500 mm-hmm. And that's was, the whole... Okay, yes, was, yes, yeah. that's that's correct. 1500 was the price for, for the last flight. It also depends on the airline. Um, obviously, that cost includes the COVID, the, the COVID test that they have to do at the airport. Um, and yeah, yeah, 1500 was the last price. But uh, I think it also depends on the size of the plane. If the plane can take more passengers, then the price comes down. Gotcha. And how would people get those funds to you? Um, so we don't, because we are not an, organize, an organization mm-hmm. or a registered charity, we do not want to deal with money. And I, I think that's probably in, <laughs> you're like, you can do the logistics, but I'm, I'm also like, I would yeah. be hesitant that, oh, when you put the money piece in, it, it becomes a little stressful. Absolutely, yeah, yeah because of the, uh, uh, yes, exactly. That and because the UAE laws are very strict in terms of uh, um, what can, what asking is, people yeah. for funds, mm-hmm. etc. Um Whoever is interested to to donate or take part in the flight, we we direct them to Satguru. Okay, and Satguru, so it's through the travel agency. It's through the travel agency, and the travel agency takes the money and mm-hmm. gives them the receipt. Okay, so yeah. it's, so it's we a business transaction. At the end of the day, it is a business transaction. Yes. Yeah. You're just compensating for somebody else's ticket. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Do, were you on the flights? Like, do you go there no, and back? No, okay, you I, just go to the airport. We just go to the airport to see them off. I mean, even at the airport. There's a lot going on <laughs> uh, because um, because of the way the Indian government works, we, they we, they had to fill a minimum of six forms, um, and in English, and a lot of the people do not know how to write in English, so we had to have a group of volunteers sit there at the airport. So if someone was listening now and maybe didn't have money but did have um, a language skill mm-hmm. and could speak English. They, that would be something you would need help Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Okay. So all they have to do is once they know when the flight takes off, the flight, um, we the passengers have to be at the airport four hours before the flight takes off because obviously they need to do the it's COVID tests and also to make sure that all their fines are cleared and all the legalities are done. Um, so yeah, as soon as somebody, I mean, as soon as the flight is confirmed, if anyone wants to help, they can... Definitely just turn up at the airport. They will have a bit of resistance from the airport security because only passengers are allowed to go into the terminal, but we usually beg and plead and say, hey, these people really need help with their forms. Six forms is a lot of forms, and especially in a a language which might not be spoken or written. And also because of the recent change change in rules, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them had to pay fines. Now, a lot of them don't have any more money, And so we had to stay at the airport until the flight actually takes off because once they've crossed immigration... It's a not lot of officially them, done. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of them had a cancelled stamp on their on their boarding passes because they couldn't afford the 800 dirhams or 300 dirhams that they had to pay. Um, otherwise, they also get another stamp that says that they are never allowed into the country again yeah. if they do not pay that fine. Uh, so they came back. Asking for help, begging, pleading. So we had to pull out, you know, uh, everything that we can to to help them. And there, is there any way of knowing that you, you know? Okay, first step, 
get on the flight. Second step, get the flight paid for. Third step, get to the airport. Fourth step, do the forms. Fifth step, go through immigration. Sixth step, do you have fines to clear? Yeah. And then you're in a no man's land, basically, once you're in the airport for anyone, any traveler, any um, passport. Yeah. And then now to be told, by the way, 300 dirhams, 800 dirhams, whatever. Yeah. Um, then they have to come all the way back to you. Oh my yeah. goodness. I mean, I'm sure there's a way to to find out. I mean, I need to I need to check myself, but I'm sure there's a way to find out how many or how much fines you have. But because um No, they're not having said, access to exactly, exactly. Yeah. A lot of them don't even have access to to the internet or to data on their phones. They still have their Indian numbers. Um so yeah, so there's a lot of back and forth there and and we always want to make sure that Everyone gets on that flight, so we stay there till the flight is, is has actually taken off. Wow! And then open a bottle of champagne. I would yeah. assume. Um, is so. Have you seen? Um, I assume there's been some very happy reunions on the other side. Have you heard some good stories come back? Yeah, through? of course. So many of them send us messages, send us pictures. Um, uh, my Hindi is not very good, but uh, I get a lot of messages in Hindi, which I have to send to my friends to translate. I mean, it's it's still a long journey. Even once they land in in the northeast, which is in Gauhati in Assam, um, if you were to go to Manipur, for instance, that's another state. That's an eighteen-hour bus drive um, because there are no uh, domestic flights at the moment, and that eighteen-hour bus drive involves um, crossing three state limits, mm-hmm. and each state has to have a permit um, to to cross. So we've, um, a lot of my fellow volunteers have connections with politicians, with social workers who've got that uh, permits for us. And I mean, the bus, the bus that takes them to, to the destination has to be paid for as yeah. well. So yeah, there's a lot. So you're fully end-to-end, basically. End-to-end <laughs> service. You were also involved a bit with the Ghanaian um, community. <laughs> Was it another one where... People had seen the work you had done with another community and said, hey, David's our guy, or how did that kind of come about? I, I have been blown away by the number of people that have been willing to help. Um, with the group from Ghana, it was through my friend and ex-colleague Mark, who, who runs a food blog. He had been um, cooking for them, mm-hmm. and he posted about it on social media, and that's when I saw it. I asked him for more information and I thought, okay, I have a decent following on social media. Let me post it on. on That's all we ask yeah. for. That's the yeah. whole point of this podcast. But yeah. the power, I think that some people really can see now the power of... I, that's where I saw you and that's how I've met yeah. you and I knew Mark and I followed Mark and that's how I found you and yeah. it just takes that one person posting to go spark something in the rest of the community. Absolutely. Um, so I posted about them and within hours there were messages after messages saying how can we help, how can we help. We went down to these, these there were about 200 people from Ghana who had lost their jobs, did not have a place to stay, and they were sleeping in the park in Satwa. Um, so we, I mean, within within hours, we got messages from people willing to help. Uh, there was a lot of conversation about it. I mean, the Dubai police also stepped in. They gave them a place to stay yeah. uh, within, within a few hours of that. And then, yeah, and then uh, registered charities got involved. We We asked them to raise funds for these guys to help them go home and uh, I think 
in one month within one month we got the first uh repatriation flights back to back to ghana do you have a favorite memory or something that really kind of sticks out to you like all this is making me feel very good just to have met you. (laughs) But is there a story maybe that really, I don't know, is meaningful or touched you in a way that you didn't expect? I think uh, most of the stories are are touching. I mean, they're mostly heartbreaking. But um, there have been a few instances where we had to just sort of um, give give it our all. I mean, there were days when we... We were desperate, didn't know what to do. Um, uh, there was this uh, young girl from Sharjah who had been saving um, money for her pet dog and said, hey, I have 3,000 dirhams in my piggy bank and that can uh, pay for two people's ticket wow. and I'd like to help. And that, that, that sort of made us, you know, almost... Uh, yeah, no, I just got goosebumps. So <laughs> I hope you got them at home. Yeah. Um, but obviously her parents are doing something right. But to be yeah. that selfless, that yeah. this is the time to kind of... And you see it. And I think that there's a genuine quality to it that I might not have, like, felt a few months ago where people now... It's, uh, this morning, so Stop and Help, which has been another episode of ours... We, our group is pretty much all sponsoring someone and we trade our little family pictures every morning and it's not coming from a place of look what I'm doing. It's like, I'm so happy to be a part of this. Yeah. Um, so you're still a journalist. Do you see yourself going and maybe doing something with this in a more kind of formal capacity? I would love to. Okay. I absolutely would love to, but I don't know how to go about it because this is, I mean, I, I've been put in this situation uh, through various, uh, I don't know, through fate, and I don't know how where it will go. But yeah, I would, I would definitely love to because it keeps me. I mean, for me, it was, it was a way to heal from my own suffering in a sense, mm-hmm. like the helping other people who were in a worse situation than me, kind of got me through my own suffering. would like to help David and some of the many groups he's dedicated to supporting, please follow him on social media for the latest updates. You can find him at David Tusing. Perhaps you might be able to donate to buy a ticket home so that someone can reach their family for the first time in months. Thank you so much for listening to our third season. As we've mentioned throughout each episode, now more than ever, people in your community need your help. Please reach out to them in some way or consider perhaps launching a new initiative like some of the amazing guests we've spoken to this summer. This episode of CSR of One was hosted by me, Courtney Brandt, and produced by Chirag Desai. If you've enjoyed this season or even a particular episode, we'd love it if you could leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or on IMDb and connect with us on Instagram at CSR of One. We'll be back next week for a season wrap-up and hope to be back soon with a new season and another group of passionate people doing great work in the community. Until then, remember to be nice out there on social media. Think about sharing something for someone else.